Yo, what's up guys and gals? Welcome to the TVR show. This is part two of the Invincible series. I don't know if you guys see this shirt right here. Are you kidding? So, I'm gonna be doing a giveaway of this shirt. Well, not this exact one, not the one I'm wearing, but this shirt, design, and four amazing others, okay? And it's not gonna be a giveaway for just one person. It's gonna be for five people, and all you gotta do is have liked every video in the series, commented on every video in the series, and be subscribed. And that's right, folks. I'm not giving this away to not one, not two, not three, four, but five lucky contestants. So stay tuned to keep those notifications on. All right, now that I got that speech out of the way, let's dig into the series. We see Mark's principal hosting a meeting inside of the auditorium for a bunch of kids at the school, and apparently three students have gone missing. We find out from Mark it couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of guys. Todd, the bully, is one of them. And actually, this is the first time they say Todd's name. In the show, they said Todd's name right away. So after leaving the auditorium, Mark's walking with Samantha, AKA Adam Eve, and he kind of like takes a shot, you know? He's talking to her, trying to like smooth up a little bit, and she basically rejects him right away, saying, uh, you know I'm dating Rex, right? Like, damn! She's cold, she's cold. <laughs> but she knows the deal. She knows, she knows he's interested, okay? And I'm gonna tell you right now, guys, any guys out there, you're into a chick, once she knows that you're interested, the ball's in her court and you're screwed. You're screwed because either she's gonna make the move, oh, he's interested? Like, I mean, if she's gonna be ballsy, she's gonna say something to you, right? Or is she gonna be shy? And she just kind of lets him know. I know you're into me. I'm dating, I'm dating Rex though. You, you're like a, a designated hitter, maybe, if you're lucky. Somebody's, he's gotta get injured and then you can come up to bat, you know what I'm saying? So through their small conversation, Samantha ends up saying to Mark, something along the lines of your dad Nolan is a semi-famous novelist and we picked this up earlier in part one that Nolan had to write another book real quick in one day in the show they never even talk about that so it's pretty interesting to hear that he's a novelist on earth what's he writing about I have no goddamn clue I got no clue Samantha says to Mark so you're gonna come to the teen team meeting tonight Mark basically says yo I gotta I gotta work at Burger Mart and you see Mark, and he's working at Burger Mart, and uh, it's just like, <laughs> it's the most miserable I've ever seen his face. He's just fucking standing there, flipping burgers, just, you know, just looking at it, just like, oh my god. Absolutely hating his life. And his manager comes in and basically says like, yo, pick up the pace, brother. You gotta pick that shit up. And he's like, I, I'm doing, I don't know what he says, but, you know, he basically... Pushes him too far, and Mark is like, you know what? Fuck you, I quit. And I think we've all been there. We've all been there. And anybody that's watching this that, you know, you're going to your first job or you're looking for first jobs, you will be working in places like this. Not even first job. It might be your second, third job. And you're going to be working in restaurant business. You'd be a cook, waiter, whatever. Anything working with people? Oh, man. Man. Going to work sucks. That's universal. Don't act. I mean, shit. Most of you will have it on Monday. Fucking the alarm goes off and you go, mother fucker. It sucks. It sucks. But if it pays decent, you can deal with it. But if you're if you're a superhero and shit, you ain't gonna be wanting to deal with this. You know what I mean? Some fucking, some guy that's balding telling you what to do. You could fly. You could fucking uh, 
You could throw a, a garbage bag. That's another thing I just remembered. In the show, you remember when Mark's powers first kick in? He throws that garbage. He, he's actually just very lightly trying to throw the garbage bag from Burger Mart into the dumpster, right? It's only like a two or three foot toss. He's barely even trying, and boom, his power's kicking. Bam! Bam! Throws that fucking garbage bag. How far? How far? We don't know, right? We do know. We see the garbage bag land right next to the guard and his son in front of Buckingham Palace. So let's do the math here. Invincible either takes place in, or lives in Chicago, somewhere in Pennsylvania, or somewhere in New York, okay? So just to take a rough estimate between those three locations and to Buckingham Palace, we're looking at a throwing distance of 3,525 miles. 3,525 miles. This is the first instance that his power just kicked in. And it's a sloppy ass garbage bag. You know what I mean? Those things rip so easy. And he was able to throw that thing that far. It's pretty goddamn incredible if you ask me. So, Mark quits his job. Tells him, go fuck yourself. I'm out. And in the comic you're seeing that, Mark's actually a little scared. He's scared. His dad told him he had to have a job. He gets home. They're doing the dishes and shit after dinner. You know what Papa Bear says? Hey, now that you're a superhero and shit, probably don't need to work at fucking Burger Mart anymore. And Mark's like, hell yeah. <laughs> I'll get right on that. Dodged a bullet there. So later on, Omni-Man insists, you know what? We should team up a little bit. And Mark gets, he gets excited. So they go out to eat after they're flying around and shit. While they're flying around too, Omni-Man's like, Oh, I just fucking uh, saved a, a dam that was breaking. And bam, I just went and did something to a power plant. Like, all kinds of shit. And, and I'm thinking, Omni-Man has, like, super hearing. Okay? And in the show, they don't really say that. But in the comic, dude has to have super hearing. So he's sprinting around while they're flying. And he's, like, instantly back. He goes, boom, boom. He's back. He's like, you know what? Let's grab something to eat. So they get something to eat. And Omni-Man basically says to Mark... You're just learning how to fly, and honestly, you know, there's a chance you might not even get as powerful as me. So there's a little doubt there. You know, Mark's little feats that he's doing, you know, throwing the garbage bag and everything, I mean, that's that's still nothing, apparently, as far as, like, the power scale between him and his father. So this is where things start getting good. Omni-Man basically finds out that there's an attack happening, and this is, like, the perfect instance for his son to come along to tag along. They get there and what is it? It's the Flaxons. As you guys remember, in the show, Omni-Man doesn't get to be in the first couple of Flaxon invasions, right? When the Flaxons first invade, it's Teen Team and Invincible. And that's actually the first time Mark meets the Teen Team. Omni-Man's in a fucking coma after uh, dealing with, uh, what, what are they called? What are they called? The Fake Justice League. We're just going to call them the Fake Justice League because I can't remember their names right now. Justice Society. The Society of Do-Gooders. So he was in a coma. But here, Mark and Omni-Man tackle it head-on. No team team. They're helping the military. And there's all kinds of ships. Giant-ass Flaxen tanks. And the waves are just endless. Flaxen upon Flaxen is coming out of the portal. 
And these guys, I mean, they're, they're starting to get tired. Omni-Man gets to the point where he's saying, you know, we, we might need to call in some reinforcements. We might have to call in the Guardians of the Globe. That's right, I remember their names. The name's Sherlock Holmes. Or even the Megaforce, or both. Megaforce, I have no idea. I don't know who that is. I, I'm telling you guys as I read the comics, so I have no idea who that shit is. And they weren't in the show, obviously, so. You know, Omni-Man's good guy persona that he's been putting up? We get to see a little glimpse of what's beneath that. Omni-Man picks up this fucking flaxen tank. Picks it up! And, and he's in the shadows, and you see his eyes are fucking red! Furious! Picks the tank up! And he fucking throws her right back through the portal. And then he throws this out, and his face, you know, he's starting to look furious. Get off my planet. Or he might have said something like this. Get off my planet! <laughs> Could you guys get off my planet? This is kind of a nod towards the show. When he goes to the Flaxen world, he says something kind of similar. Earth isn't yours to conquer. Earth isn't yours to conquer. So, in both cases, get off my planet. Earth isn't yours to conquer. It's a nod towards, you know, what's gonna be happening. And it's pretty goddamn cool. As soon as he does this, the Flaxons retreat. And when Mark sees his father like this, he actually gets kind of fucking scared. He's like, uh, uh, Papa, is everything okay? Dad? Dad? He gets scared. So with the threat gone, they both decide, you know, let's go back on patrol. Hopefully nothing crazy happens. All of a sudden, Omni-Man, he's in the middle of a conversation. Yep, we gotta go. Try to keep up. BAM! Fucking just, you know, I don't even know what happens. Breaks the sound barrier, breaks the light barrier. He's gone. Mark's trying to keep up. He's like, eh. You know, it's like uh, in the show where they're like, try to piss your pants. Okay, you don't want to fall, so you're going to have trouble relaxing. It's kind of like peeing your pants on purpose. What? Peeing your pants on purpose. He looks like he's trying to shit his pants. And he's fucking <laughs> trying to keep up. He gets to this mall where Papa Bear is. Fucking Omni-Man rips through the roof. And the, here's the super hearing again, right? Had to be super hearing. There's a kid there. He's got a bomb on his chest. Again. So now we're in that side arc that's not in the show. So if you didn't read the comics, pay attention. The bomb has three seconds left on the kid's chest, right? Omni-Man's like, who did this to you? Kid doesn't, you know, he's frozen up. He doesn't even say anything. Omni-Man's super fast, right? You know what he does though? Does, does he disarm the bomb real quick? Does he, does he do that? He fucking... Picks his kid up and fucking whips him right out the goddamn <laughs> the hole that he made from the roof. And the kid just explodes like a fucking firework. And he's dead. <sighs> Invincible, you know, he got there. He's like, oh my god, oh my god. That, he was from my school too. He doesn't talk. Actually, he's a little more manly in the comic than in the show, right? It's more powerful in the comic. So we'll give him a little deeper voice. Father, he was, he was from my school too. Omni-Man's like, really? Well, that actually, and he's about to finish his sentence, all of a sudden, portal opens up behind him, and a fucking flaxen takes, like, I don't even know what it was, man. It was like a fucking waffle maker. <laughs> he puts it next to his head, and, and he fucking pulls Omni-Man through the portal. Boom, Papa Bear's gone. Wow. So it wasn't willing in the comic. In the comic, 
he got straight fucking uh, what, what we call it? what we call it? uh kidnapped uh, excuse me kidnapped so after all this shit happens debbie is at home and when mark breaks the news in the show debbie is you know she's not even slightly concerned oh so he's gonna be late to dinner dad saved us from the flaxons but he went into one of their portals oh so he'll be late for dinner and in the comic debbie's actually really concerned she's extremely worried and she tells Mark, you know, when you were a child, a baby, uh, your father was missing for six months. So she is extremely worried when it comes to Omni-Man going into other dimensions. Because apparently dude missed his birthday. So later on in the story, Mark and Samantha are hanging out, a.k.a. Adam Eve. And she gets a call from Robot. Basically, Robot says, I ran an analysis and there's a 99.8% probability, chance, whatever. Your Professor Hiles, Hiles, I think that was his name. Let me see, let me take a look at my notes. Professor Hiles is the culprit. Apparently he had like developed some crazy weaponry for the military before. And did I mention Robot is a fucking master of multitasking? Because the entire time in the comic that he's having this conversation, because it's a long-ass conversation, he's in a fucking battle. Him and Rexplode are fighting some kind of, I don't even know, man, like reptile people? They're like shadowed out. You can't really see, but they're like fucking jacked, fucking scaly hands. He's in the battle the whole time just having this casual conversation. Robot's a badass. Invincible and Adam Eve decide to pay a little visit to Professor Hiles' house. When they get there, they're like, yo, you're under arrest. We're heroes. And Professor Hiles is like, yo, I know it's you, Samantha and Mark. And they're like, how the, how did he know? And this is awesome. This is actually the best part. He's like, you don't have a mask on. I can, I can see your face. I recognize you. That, that's, that's gotta be Mark. You motherfuckers don't shut up in my class talking to each other all the time. And this is kind of like a kick in the balls to, you know, Marvel and DC and, you know, <laughs> all these other older older comic series and superhero movies and everything where these guys, they don't even have like a mask. You know, Superman literally just has like a curly cue and, and nobody ever recognizes him. It's a kick in the balls to them because this is <laughs> and this is one of the reasons I like this this uh, universe so much. They're a little more raw. They're more real. Of course I know who the hell you are. So the professor's basically like, yo, you know what? Why don't you come inside? I'm gonna take you to the fourth person that I kidnapped. And they're like, uh, fourth person? And he's like, yeah, you know, I got a fucking fourth person already. And they're like, oh shit, okay. And they follow his ass and you know, he's doing his like breakdown speech of, um, you know, his motives behind what he's doing. And it's actually kind of fucked up. Apparently his son, committed suicide he was getting picked on and bullied and after that professor heil and his wife got a divorce and it eventually got so bad that he ended up also losing his job and he kind of says like you know it, it isn't just my son's suicide you know it ruined my entire life those kids doing that to him so I decided to get revenge by doing this. Man, 
I can see why this wasn't in the show. This shit is like, this is real, pretty raw shit. Yeah, I can see why it wasn't in the show. So once you see the dude Derek is tied up and he's like got the beginning of a bomb on his chest, Professor Hiles opens up his jacket and he already has a bomb on himself. Now this is where things get real crazy. Hiles has 39 seconds left on his vest. Invincible snatches his ass up, boom! Blows out of the fucking roof and starts hauling ass. You see snowy mountains, he gets all the way to Antarctica and fucking throws his ass and Hiles explodes like a big ass goddamn grand finale. But let's look into this a little deeper. Invincible had 39 seconds left. We know that he lives within like the Northeast United States. For shit's sake, we're gonna say right in the middle of Pennsylvania. From 39 seconds to 13 seconds left, we see a clip where Mark is already in Antarctica. We see the snowy mountains, 13 seconds left on the vest. That means it took Mark 26 seconds to get Hiles from the Northeast to Antarctica. That ends up being around 9,468 miles. So if it took an hour, it would be 9,468 miles per hour he was going. So let's say it took him a minute, 60 seconds. At 60 seconds, he was going 568,080 miles per hour. But he was going faster than that. What if we say 30 seconds, half of a minute? Well, that's 1,136,160 miles per hour. But he was going faster than just 30 seconds. He did it in 26 seconds. So he was four seconds faster. And remember, before I say this, remember his dad said he might not get as powerful as him and he can't fly as fast yet. Mark was going 1,287,269 miles per hour. Holy shit. And he just got his goddamn powers. That's fast. Imagine. What's Mark? He's 17 years old. His whole life, he, he's, he just walks and maybe he jogged places. And, and you know, what's, what's the average sprinting speed for, for just your average human? Maybe 15 miles an hour, maybe 18 miles an hour. Now all of a sudden he's going over 1.25 million miles per hour. That shit is incredible. So now that we're done with that arc that wasn't even in the show, let's get back to the Flaxons. So when the Flaxons first invade in the show, once Omni-Man finally shows up, he throws out a little, my turn. My turn. And they instantly start getting the fuck out of there once he starts annihilating everybody. And that shit's awesome. So in the show, we get to see Omni-Man go through the portal and what he does to the Flaxon homeworld, absolutely annihilating them. But in the comic, we don't get to see any of that. So we see Debbie again. And she is just, you know, an emotional mess. She's extremely worried about Nolan. And then who shows up? Nolan. He's got a fucking full beard. He says something like, I need to shave. And Debbie just starts crying. 
and we get to see a part of her that we didn't really see in the show when that happened. She, she's devastated that he was gone. She was actually worried. It was it wasn't a like oh he's gonna be late to dinner thing. It was you know genuine emotion. It was genuine concern. They get to the dinner table. Mark tells his day. I flew to Antarctica and threw a guy and he exploded. And I'm thinking when I'm reading this, uh, why didn't you just throw him straight up? You know what I mean? Was it necessary to go over a million miles per hour all the way to Antarctica? You could have just tossed his ass straight up. Do it like Pops did with your buddy. <sighs> then Omni-Man speaks up at the dinner table. And you can tell that, you know, something's a little up with him. He's very quiet. He's kind of slouched over. He tells them, I was enslaved for eight months. He lost his powers. After eight months of time, he ended up leading a revolt against the Flaxons. And once the rebellion got him free and his powers came back, he was able to get some of the Flaxon scientists to send him back. Now, is this true? <laughs> I don't know. In the show, he definitely gets the scientists <laughs> to, to bring him back. But he, his ass is throwing a bit, like, you know, holding a big ass fucking piece of land. He just destroyed the whole planet. And he's about to fucking destroy them. And then they open a portal like, yo, let's get this fucking dude out of here. And of course, that piece falls and even kills the scientist. But, you know, maybe he's being genuine. Most likely he's hiding the truth. I think that they're doing the different stories so that we get to see, like, behind the scenes. And the show was the behind the scenes of what happened. So after admitting all this stuff, Omni-Man looks like a broken man. He's been gone for eight months. He was enslaved. And he, <laughs> him and Mark just had insane days, right? Well, Mark had an insane day. Omni-Man Omni had insane eight months. What does Debbie have to say about it? That's nice. You guys ready for dessert? I'm done. <laughs>